0: Hey, is that what we are? Yeah. <laughs> that that's gonna be the intro to this episode. <laughs> okay. Oh, we already got something happening. And we're and back. It's been a while. Oh, oh nice. <laughs> it was too perfect. I could not put it in there. <laughs> well, companions, we are back for the round table of Acts Two. You've sent in your questions. I've rounded them up and chosen the best ones. Got about twenty with some sub questions as well that kind of go along with the questions. But first off. My players. I'll Joe like that act two ending, huh? <laughs> Which episode was that again? Uh, uh, 55. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> oh
1: my God. All right. So, i look, I'm not even going to joke around. That shit was incredible. And the thing is, me and Ryan, Ry Tom, were were talking about this when it dropped. It was enjoyable for me to listen to, and I was there. Like yeah. I, I was in the episode. Like I know what is going to happen and it was still that gripping. So good good job, Dave. Yeah, but I listened I to it.
2: it. I listened to it twice in a row. <laughs> <laughs> like as soon as it was was over, I just started it back again.
3: Wow. All
1: right.
4: Yeah.
3: I got I got chills a couple of times. The post production you, you add to it really gives it a lot of depth that we don't really capture or we don't feel when we're playing. You know, it's it's a little different.
5: Yeah. Yeah. It, it
2: was awesome. Yeah, the, dynamic, the music dynamic in that episode was it, on point for sure.
1: That episode solidified my need for a Four Orbs uh, uh, soundtrack <laughs> to be available on iTunes. <laughs> the song that played when uh, Felomir was battling in the Arcane Well yeah. was a banger.
3: I loved the back and forth there. Um, yeah, and that was a callback yeah. track, yeah.
1: Yes, it was. That's actually,
3: that's
0: actually Bradley Turner's song, Kingdoms, I think is what he calls it. Uh, so it's actually not something I made, unfortunately. Bradley Turner's got some skill, and he let me use it for the owlbear fight stuff. Mm. And so I brought yeah. it back, whatever, fellow bear with it alone. Which, by the way, had no clue who was going into the arcane well. That was a complete random mechanic. Nice. I'm glad it happened yeah. that way. That was perfect.
1: Speaking of callbacks, the other song that was playing while we were fighting uh Velmer and them <laughs> was a callback to a song that doesn't exist <laughs> <laughs> that Dave was just making fun of RPG <laughs> <laughs> battle music in our other campaign.
0: Except he thinks it's uh what's what was the song you thought it was? Oh, it's Shake, that Sean nah, Paul thing. song. Nah, nah. <laughs> yeah,
4: that
6: one Sean Paul song.
4: <laughs>
0: But as y'all found out, that wasn't the final episode of Act 2. What? There were two yeah. cutscenes after that so far. Mm, one I, more coming after this episode. Okay,
3: I was going to say, I've only heard one. But I'll say <laughs> that that first one, when I did finally listen to it with Aaron, I was like, my jaw dropped a little bit. I was like, oh, freaking hey, we're learning some shit like now. Holy crap. Yeah,
5: yeah. I was uh, I was going through the drive-thru somewhere when I was listening, listening to it. And I, was, I got to the part where he says, "Mestic."
3: And I was like, holy (laughs) shit. Uh, Yeah. This is all much bigger than we ever thought. Yeah, that was a big trigger word.
0: Yeah, Mestic is, for you listeners, Mestic is a callback to our campaign that we ended before we started the podcast. And Mestic was the big bad. So that gives you a little
1: something, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. What are we going to call, Kath? Maybe we can save this for later.
0: Well, I mean, I was so I got a Keth the Giant Slayer shirt I'm working on Matt with, and uh, it's I recently now. I re- well, I recently Googled Keth the Giant Slayer. Uh, it's not Keth the Giant Slayer that shows up because the, the whole point of the shirt in my head is that it creates conversation if somebody's wearing it because I don't want the Four Orbs logo on it. So if somebody Google's Keth the Giant Slayer, I want it to be Keth the Giant Slayer. But unfortunately, right now it's an MMA art, uh, MMA fighter named Keith the Giant Killer. <laughs> <laughs> Real person.
4: <laughs> well, Perfect.
3: I'll, I'll tell you, I, I tried to start it when we have like a couple of days after we initially talked about it and I was unhappy and then got lost just in the busyness of everything else in life. And then when you hit me up again, I started again another one or two tries. And again, I was just really disappointed in myself and then got busy again. So I'm really I've pretty much got nothing for you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. For you listeners, I know you know that I am in the process of moving into a home, which we are sitting in one of the rooms that is. 80% done I guess you could say uh, but Matt has also bought a house so yeah. he's mm. he's he's got some some stuff on his plate oh and he's getting married and I'm getting married <laughs> <Look at laughs> that.
3: it's all happening a couple of weeks away from Look each other at that.
0: so yeah we, we got a lot going on over here in the four orbs a private personal life situation I don't <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> a real talk I'll have less going on than last we sat here which is great. Yeah. No, like, don't feel bad for me like that. Less going on than ever before. No. For real talk, yes. I envy you. I've been doing a lot of sitting around.
0: That was one of those moments where like you would have said in like context, like keep that silence for me, Dan.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> please
0: make make the listener feel as uncomfortable as we are. And, I'm, and i'm so glad that you keep
1: them <laughs> now uh, there was one that was
0: like 25 seconds of silence and you said keep it and i was like there's <laughs> no way in hell i could do 25 seconds so I, I, I bumped it down to seven ran it by some other D&D podcasters and they were <laughs> okay. like yeah seven's good seven seconds
4: is
0: great <laughs> so i guess we'll go on with question one what was each player's favorite fight in the second act that goes back all the way to episode twenty-one when you first enter Gamora.
6: Fuck! I totally meant to brush go up on your questions. And, um, <laughs> re-listen to all of the episodes in a day when you reminded me that the Q and A was today. Mm-hmm. I'm ready.
4: Yeah, <laughs> this honestly. is
5: easy. Yeah. yeah, I'm fairly ready. I mean, just uh, whoever wants to go, just go. So, for I it. mean, it's the final fight. <laughs> oh yeah,
6: yeah, that one. What Kath said.
1: Well, I have my own unique answer, but I I feel. The sentiment because it is the the fight where that had the most storyline progression in the fight. So so many like
5: everything that happened went that way unexpectedly and unplanned for, and it was so perfect with you ending ending up being the one to slay Vilmir Yeah, Keth uh, dropping and uh, do what is it? Uh, relentless endurance. Yeah, I think. relentless endurance, and then turning into the fucking fire giant. Yeah. <laughs> Thelamir going for the arcane well. Yeah. I yeah.
6: will say from a comedic standpoint and not from anything else, purely comedic is um, Keth smashing all of the yeah. poor blood. I was going to
2: ask if that counted as combat. Um,
0: yeah, I think we could count that as combat, though it was more uh, um, genocide. A little, than, a little one-sided, yeah. maybe. Yeah,
6: and terrible but funny, I guess.
0: Yeah, no, that was definitely going to be the answer to one of my
3: fight questions, so I'll leave it at that, and I'll have an answer for the next one then. But yeah, him just straight up destroying these cute little bots that (laughs) wanted nothing but to help their friends was just something else. It's something you don't see in every other podcast.
1: My my favorite fight of the entire Act 2 was... The uh, harrowing battle we had with that staircase. <laughs> that was one of the toughest it, enemies we faced. Is that to be the one faced. where I threw you? Yeah. Yeah. Has it been that long? Yeah.
2: Oh
3: my god. That, that was
2: like a quarter of the way through. Actu. That feels
3: like a year ago.
2: It was it, a year ago. It might have <laughs> actually been a year or more ago. Holy cow. I will say from a mechanic standpoint, I really liked the fight with the cloak in Yin. Yes. Oh. There was oh, a yeah. lot of cool mechanics that happened in that fight that we hadn't seen before or hadn't really seen since. Yeah, so. that AOE gem, that's, yeah. a, uh, that's
0: a fun little thing. Yep,
2: and we saw a lot of counter charming.
1: Yes, that's the first time I used counter charm at all and I ended up using it a lot. Yeah, yeah.
0: like for 90% of the combat. <laughs> <Yes. laughs>
3: what was the one where y'all two had the electric like uh, ball going back and forth too? Uh, oh, that was the, the shield guardian. Yeah. That was pretty sweet. That, that was when Real first
0: entered the academy, yeah. yeah. Well, sub question to that one. What was every player's favorite storytelling, not combat related moment in the
1: second act? Easy dude, Keth Fallen. <laughs> Keth the Giant Slayer's like culmination. That was I would I look, not to toot our own horn or anything. I I'm trying to be humble. I wish I could have been a listener of this podcast for that <laughs> moment because the, I would have like shed a tear
6: <laughs> but also, being able to see the look on Dave's face mm. <laughs>
5: oh, when man. it happened. That was priceless. He yeah. was so excited.
1: <laughs> he was like scooting around.
6: It was office. like a kid on Christmas morning. <laughs> that got a nintendo
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i actually i have that binder of secrets here now so i don't have to run across the house oh damn well in the way
3: that like that the fight we were just talking about was kind of the pinnacle battle of everything i kind of felt like the pinnacle internal fight was when we finally all figured out what Doroth had been doing and not to say that we all turned on him <laughs> oh, this but we all were fu- we were all finally not taking like we weren't taking a shit anymore. We were like, "No, dude! Like, <laughs> you've been going behind our backs." I think that that was a fight that was well deserved. It was really needed. Yeah, <laughs> it <was> so dramatic. <laughs> I think that I think that that was one of my favorite fights. Was everyone finally getting together and be like, "Look, dude, you got to kind of get on the same page as us." You know, I I think that was a good one. Yeah, I think the whole scrying room, just from like a like a long standing,
2: I guess, like point, was probably the most important. You know, because we all figured out a whole bunch of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I shit.
6: liked the um, portal room and getting to see all the characters from different realms. That was really cool, especially the spider bitch. That was just like,
1: "Yeah,
6: <laughs> 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 I'm gonna kill it anyway."
1: And Dorth was like, "I like her. I'm gonna kill this thing." <laughs>
6: and then hearing right tom's laugh. <laughs> 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 my favorite part of that entire episode.
0: <laughs> Steven, I don't think you answered that one. Storytelling or was that part of Kath the giant it's,
5: Yeah, it's it's got I mean, I'm biased obviously, but it's got to be Kath being the giant. Man, your your answers are like in the last couple episodes of it.
0: There
4: were the last
5: like three okay. or four episodes were perfect. To if me. we had That's a chart that showed
3: <laughs> how things went from the beginning to end of this arc, it's going steadily up, especially is <laughs> gonna peak here at the last episode yeah. or two. It's
6: also been a while since I've listened to literally everything else and I have no memory whatsoever <laughs> unless somebody talks about it.
2: Um, I would like to give a shout out to just the whole Yin and Out arc in general. Okay. Because there was a lot of good story development, and I think that the way it was paced was really nice. Um, usually in D and D games, whenever everyone's split up, it's really slow, especially for the players. But like just sitting here and recording all those sessions, and like especially me, because I had the least involvement in all of that. Like it was just fun to just sit here and listen to, just because it was so well paced.
0: Yeah, I recently listened to the first episode because I had to remember how Ovid Lars' uh, voice was. And um, he spoke in the first part of Yin and Doubt. And so I listened to that whole thing, not remembering where it was. And I forgot that I had started with you, did the intro music, did everything with them, and then the outro music, and then your ending. So it was like you really had like six minutes of material. Yeah, throughout that whole arc, I had maybe
2: 45 minutes of actual like... On air time. And
0: 30 minutes of it was combat with an owlbear.
2: Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> yeah. it was still one of my favorites to listen to. Like, I've listened to that arc probably two times Wow, full.
1: Hold on. what What was it that you said, Ryan, when the last episode, the season finale came out? Oh,
2: this
0: may be controversial to some people, yeah, I, but I don't I, fucking like, care. <laughs> like, I wanted
1: you to say it because I knew I didn't want it to come out of my mouth. Yeah, this like, was
0: timed at a week that I did not realize everything else in the world was coming out of Oh same no. Time. <laughs> that episode dropped the Thursday after
2: the Long Night episode of Game of Thrones came out.
1: This is the battle with the Night King, by the way. Yeah. The <laughs> one that was like hyped up.
2: And after I listened to the Forbes episode, I was
0: like, "Yo, this shit is better."
2: And that episode of Game of Thrones. Like I would like I don't want to watch that episode again, in but ga- I want to listen to this
0: again. In game was the Thursday before that. So it was Thursday, in game, Sunday, Game of Thrones, and then Thursday. I'm just four gonna orbs. go on the record.
1: It's <laughs> fuck in-game. Yeah. Game of, fuck Game of Thrones. Four orbs. <laughs> <laughs> was the biggest drop of that week. <laughs> it was. All
0: right, we have one more sub-question to that one. Uh, Do you favor act one or two more as a player, listener, and cast member?
5: Two. Why, Steven? You can't just...
4: (laughs) (laughs) And why? Two and?
5: If... I guess going back to what Ryan was saying earlier, just the the progression of the storylines advanced so much more in Act Two than they did in Act One, which makes sense because Act One you're setting everything up. Mm-hmm. But I I just enjoyed it as a player and as a listener a lot more uh, than Act Two. Not to say uh, the Nat One. Not to say I didn't enjoy Act One. Act Two was just that good.
6: Yeah, I I really liked uh, Act One as far as like all the characters we run into, and it was a nice introduction for all of our characters. Um, and there are certain parts that are probably my favorite out of the podcast that are in Act One, but um,
5: Bool-a-boom. I like,
6: yeah, yes. exactly. and the witches, but um, <laughs> yeah, still I the like, best combat. I sequence like Act all. Um, because of our character development and like where we are now.
2: Yeah, for, as a player, I liked Act One better because it was just fun to play. Um, but I think we were, it took us quite a while to get comfortable with the fact that we were recording like, probably half of the act, I would say. Yeah. Um, As a cast member and as a listener, by far, act two. Because I feel like now when we sit down to play, like, I'm focused more so on the story as opposed to just playing a game of D&D, you know? And listener-wise, the production is significantly better. Yeah. Like, it was hard getting through between <laughs> a frog and a hard place, like, going back and listening to it. Yeah. It was it's, hard. Huh. It's
0: pretty rough.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would say... Definitely act two on uh, all of those fronts, but for different reasons. Like as uh as a listener, for a lot of the stuff Ryan just said, it's like it's a lot cleaner. It's a lot like it. It's
2: more polished.
1: Yeah, it's a lot. It's really evident that we come a long way production-wise, especially Dave as the series goes on. As a player, or specifically more as my character, I think. It's easier to like my character going into act two, because with act one, it's kind of like I'm it's setting it up that Doroth is kind of an asshole and is kind of a difficult person to be in a group with because he's so used to being alone. And I feel like that doesn't like you don't see that at first. And it's just kind of like Doroth is I do not like seeing yeah. this guy yeah
6: some people stopped listening because of I you
1: know. <laughs> yeah. we had
0: somebody get in the uk drop a review on us on apple podcast made it all the way to episode 11 it was like no i can't deal with him three star review <laughs> yeah
1: and that's why i feel like i prefer act two because it, it, you you kind of start to like get it as well as he kind of changes so it's easier to it's easier for me to listen back and be like, okay, people aren't hating what's what I'm doing right <laughs> the now.
3: The grain of salt is there in Act Two. You don't have to find your own, like yeah. Act One. Yeah, Act One, we were
2: all still trying to like define our character's personalities. Which yeah. as a player, I, is why I liked it so much because that's why I like playing D and D. It's you know, the role playing aspect. But in Act Two, it was definitely more like defined and we could it was a lot easier to like base decisions on what your character would be doing as opposed to trying to figure out what your character would want to do.
4: Yeah.
3: So. Now my reiteration is yeah, Act One was a bunch of fun, just tons of fun. Um, Act Two was a lot more like figuring out who we are and playing those people.
0: Cool. I guess I should be answering these questions as well. And I, I yeah. haven't been, but uh I also favor act two. I think it really as a producer, it really gave me a chance to shine because I'd already learned. Yeah, you things. put your foot
1: in that. Um, mm-hmm. yep. And I, I, and it's it's taking
0: some time. But I got there. I'm there. Which Kinda of makes me excited about the idea of possibly doing a campaign too when whenever we're done with this one, but who knows when that happens. That's years down the line probably. <laughs> <laughs> cough, cough, Patreon, cough. <laughs> yeah. Uh so let's move on to question two. Keth and Finch, this is aimed at you. Uh you can answer whenever you're ready. Uh how do you feel about your Guardian heritage? Are you happy and have are you happy to have such a core role in their backstory or does this Put a lot of pressure on you that you were not expecting as players.
5: As a player, it was a very pleasant surprise. I thought that was the coolest shit. I when was that so happened. worried about that for you. <laughs> I, yeah, and I could see, I could definitely see why because it's it has just completely fucked up Cast
4: Life. <laughs> but as
5: a as a player, kind of going back to what Ryan said again, it's so much fun to role play. That's why I play Dungeons and Dragons. So this just opens up like a whole new book for me to like play out of, basically.
0: Yeah, I don't remember if it was episode fifty three or fifty four, but whichever whichever one the scrying room was, whenever you came out of that scrying room and after seeing your vision of the fire dying out, and you came out onto the por- the porch after the session was over, and just like. You looked so sad. <laughs> like, Stephen looked so depressed. Like, I built this entire fucking character <laughs> based on the fact that he's a giant killer and he's just not that anymore.
1: Even the way he played it in game, because he gets out of the chair and we're like, oh, what did you see? It's like, nothing. It's not, it's nothing. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> kept hiding shit
0: so
5: yeah I'm, I'm glad that relentless endurance had to kick in <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i said it, it just it was perfect that everything in that episode was perfect and plus seeing you with that little like wicked grin as soon as it happened and your little <laughs> shuffle into the next room i was like oh god he's pulling out something that's just gonna fuck up my world
1: and like, cause I saw the sheet of paper when he handed it to him and there was very little on it. Yeah. And I'm like, whatever those sentences say are major because <laughs> Dave is very excited about it.
5: And then I read them and it's it's the the fire giant's attacks, and I'm like,
4: oh shit.
0: <laughs> so Finch, uh, what about you? How do you feel as a player and character being the descendant of a guardian? Um, I think as with
3: Steve and I, I'm very just flattered to be to feel at least like a very main character of the story now. Like I mean, I think we're it's just always kind of like we all are main characters, but like knowing that there are two descendants of Guardians and I'm one of them, and I get to be the one who holds all the orbs, like I, I feel very important, which is ex- very exciting, and you know to be a part of this cast and do that. I think as a character, I'm probably more confused than anything, because basically, you know, my whole upbringing seems. I mean I, a lie sounds really strong, but I'm also really excited to play off of that emotion, too, and kind of not knowing where I'm from and what I'm really looking for anymore and uh, what's gonna happen next.
0: Yeah, and we do we did do a little thing that I have I'm still considering putting on Patreon for our, our listeners. Um, but we did a little setup thing for Act three's intro for you guys where y'all are gonna be doing different scenes flowing from one to the other. And uh, I think we got some pretty good scenes set up for you that we had talked about. So, yeah, uh, sub question to that. Would Finch and Keth consider gluing on googly eyes or even a Sharpie eye? Because that would be amazing. (laughs) 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 <laughs> now
1: think about this before you respond
6: <laughs> I'm so glad this was brought up because I keep forgetting that people are just yeah like earless and eyeless when I and... picture it we're like that
3: uh the guy who is the, um, the voiceover for the movie 300 he has that one like white <laughs> ribbon over that his one eye and he the just, narrator yeah, yeah the narrator you know and that, that's kind of how I see us I don't know if there are googly eyes in <laughs> Asus, but I would imagine if we saw one, we would probably see it as the super futuristic technology, and we might have to pay a pretty penny for it, but I can see Keth talking it the both of us into
5: it.
4: <laughs>
5: yeah, that's uh, that's definitely something Keth would do. <laughs> so maybe I'll consider putting that in the story. <laughs> All right,
0: question three. We're going to go over to you, Felomir. You let the arcane well go. Without fixing it. Yep, and your days are very numbered due to your age. Yep. What drove that decision more? Was it your friends or your new quest? Oh, that's a tough one. And I know you've made some uh, comments outside of the podcast. Comments. One or says. two.
1: Some frustrations. Comments.
3: You know, and I'd also like to say I'd like to hear it explained, kind of as an in-game character and as an out-of-game character, because you obviously want to show up here every Monday with us too.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: Some, some Mondays. <laughs> um, I would say, as far as
2: Felomir the character is concerned, yeah, it was. I don't want to cop out on the question, but it was both, you know? Like, I feel like if it had just been the, his experience meeting Remora and going back to Lathansis and dealing with all that, or if it had just been continuing to adventure with all his companions, those two things in themselves might not have swayed him entirely. And he may have sacrificed himself for the Arcane Well. But all of those together, and then just the timing of everything, I think all of that sort of influenced his decision. You know, it's hard to just sort of pick one or the other. Yeah. Because they both happened, you know? It was a
0: good build up.
3: I agree. And I was going to say, when you brought up Remora, like in game, when you were like, when we were all sitting here as it happened, when you brought that story up to start explaining yourself, you had me convinced. I was like, yeah. And it, 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 it did make a lot of sense to me with the decision you chose based right. on your reasonings.
2: As far as a player perspective on it, I feel like it wouldn't have done justice to Felomir as a character if I had sacrificed myself for the Arcane Well, because it would have meant that there would have been literally no character development whatsoever. Like, Felomir would have been exactly the same when he died as when we started the game. And I just
0: felt like that was sort of cheap to the story. Sure, uh, you could say. Yeah, I mean, honestly, when it comes to going back to that question that I didn't get to answer because I thought didn't think to answer it, uh, my favorite storytelling moment of Acts 2 is the very final five minutes of episode 55, where you are talking by yourself after the theme music, explaining Thelamir's thoughts before going through the portal back to everyone. That's one of my chill bump moments.
1: Everything that Remora showed you would have been for nothing
2: if you had done that exactly like all the lessons that Felomir would have learned or was supposed to learn just wouldn't have meant anything so I felt like it cheapened the character and I will say I fucking hate you (laughs) for giving me that option and being like text me your answer like not only first of all figure out like your biggest existential crisis in this entire game Right in, now, in five minutes, and text me your answer right now. So just fuck you for that, but I think I think it got handled well enough. So
0: well, uh, somebody asked a question that uh, is probably gonna piss you off a little bit. Yeah, whatever. It goes into this, but it's a question towards me, Dave. What does this mean for Asus that Felomir did not revive the arcane well? Do tell. Everyone has pretty much had some experience with me in these games. This was the moment where i put it in the player's hands to determine if life force would be gone forever and now it's, it's yeah here. that's a
2: big ass yeah. mechanic like we <laughs> i don't remember probably the last 3 or 4 campaigns we've played life force has been a thing which has been over the span of like maybe 8 years yeah so It's like a a big thing. And you've hated it every
4: time. I have hated it every time (laughs) because I'm always a spellcaster. And it was
1: in your hands to decide whether it could end or not. No,
2: it was in Felomir's
0: hands. (laughs) Ah.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. So yeah, if he would have gone through, there would have been no more life force in any future Thor Orbs games.
3: Do you have any idea of what would have become of him?
0: A Felomir, yeah, is there oh, like yeah. a, his, an
3: alternate ending you can kind of give it? Yeah, us?
0: his soul essence, like his, his entire spirit, would power the arcane well enough to give energy to all of Aces. So, on to question four Doroth is a famous musician, and this trip has been hell to him since they entered the darkness of Mithron, excluding Yin. How does he cope with all this overwhelming horror and monstrosities, being the only
1: real civilian among the party? I have two reactions to that question. I'm just going to go ahead and get the first one out of the way. To whoever asked this question, what do you mean when you say Doroth is the only true civilian? Uh, like, I'm expecting an answer for them right
6: now. <laughs> but like, what? I don't
1: Keep
2: that I, silence in. Yeah. <laughs>
6: Dave, text them, and they have five minutes to so text yeah, their let answer. Let me know what they
1: say. Yeah. I just don't know how Doroth is more of a civilian than... I would say he's less of a civilian than maybe, like, Finch or something. Him being literally, like, military. But other than that, I mean, he's a traveling musician. Like, he adventures all the time. But as far as coping, it not well. Because you see, like, the cracks kind of start to appear in him. Because he's trying in yin for example he's trying to create like a theater like he he wants to be a musician he wants to be renowned for that for being an artist but at every turn every time he tries to do this like the first time we see him he's getting mugged by a group of people and he has to be saved and he's on this adventure where he keeps having to kill people and keeps having to deal with all these like evil forces and he tries to do his his theater and People run up in there, and they've got to fight them, and it's like violence follows him everywhere he goes, and he's it starts to like kind of drive him insane, and he goes into this like depression. I don't know how well I played all of this. I think this you did is, well. That's what was going on in my too. head. Thank you. So that's basically if if you're lost as to why he reacted like that when Velomir died, or Velimir died, it was that okay that he was finally able to show. Velmir that I killed you with a song. (laughs) So, so does Doroth
0: have a sense of wanting to be part of the legends he knows? Like you're a college of lore bard, right? Yes. So tales and legends are your thing. Would you say that Doroth in the back of his mind may want to be one of those tales and legends that people speak of? Of
1: course he does. Okay. But it's, he doesn't want to write his legacy in blood sure if, if that makes any sense he does he wants to be renowned for being a legendary performer okay and it, it feels like the way things are going he's going to be known for killing people like valiantly killing people for good reasons but it's like this isn't what i wanted yeah so that's kind of where he is okay on that
3: Throwback to another one of my favorite fight scenes, me and Doroth in the sewers of the <laughs> That was that was that was a yes. lot of fun hanging out with Doroth for a couple Those episodes. Sewer yeah. rangers, dude. murdering
1: people, <laughs> torturing dudes. Let's go! Yeah, I remember that.
3: <laughs> yeah, I had to write a nice little monologue
4: about that one.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, Astra number five. Astra has grown a lot in her time in Mithron. What do you think attributed to that the most?
6: Honestly. I mean, foremost, Keth, but also, you know, being close to other adventurers and strong-willed people. I think in Act 1, I was so—I mean, I'd never really played D&D other than a couple one-shots we've done. I didn't really know how to develop my character or even try to be a character. So I was trying to focus on my character sheet. Oh, this is her flaws. This is that. I'm going to try to, like, follow that as closely as I can— Till I feel comfortable role-playing, basically. But as I got more comfortable, I think I kind of let those things go. You know, being so close to Keth, like he's a fucking champ and he taught me to fight and shit. And, um, you know, I slowly realized, oh, I can let go of some of those flaws, like being so close to other people would allow her to grow and also me as a player kind of grow and let go of the things and kind of, I don't know, Be more creative rather than following, you know, my character sheet to a T.
0: Well, this wasn't written for a question, but I am going to add this in because that was a good answer. If you had a point, like a teaching lesson for somebody learning to play Dungeons and Dragons as a first time player and getting this far into it, what would that major point be when it comes to playing with your character sheet versus who you are character wise?
6: I mean, honestly, I kind of centered astra around a lot of my own personal things like i kind of went into it as you know this would she would kind of have my personality so that would be easier for me to start and it was still difficult (laughs) 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 um but i mean just doing it enough and i mean kind of thinking about it in your spare time on you know what you think your character might do and kind of creating random situations in your head I think that got me more comfortable. Um, And once I kind of stepped out of my comfort zone of making Astro do everything that I would do as a person, um, that's when I got fun.
4: Okay. Yeah.
0: I I like that answer. Number six. Dave, what has been the biggest challenges with running a game that has been away from civilization a fair amount? Well, um, it's, it's actually easier than most. And I think Steven can probably talk about this a little bit. Uh, as a dm playing doing the tomb annihilation and now we just started uh water deep heist yep um but it's easy in the sense that you don't have so many npcs to deal with
5: (laughs) yeah that was uh that was a little overwhelming for me yesterday because we just started a a new campaign yesterday uh that i'm dming and it's been a few months since we uh, the last campaign ended and Going from the wilderness to a tavern set in the most populated city in, in <laughs> Faerun is very fucking difficult, aside from just trying to get back into the groove of DMing. So yeah. I, can, I can relate to probably how you were feeling.
0: Yeah. And what's funny is I want to get out of that because I, um, I don't know where y'all are going still. Uh, we, haven't, we were supposed to talk about that for the Patreon episode, and I completely forgot uh, so I don't have any writing done yet, but pretty much all the options in my head, I'm gonna start y'all off in a little populated area because uh, I want to test myself as a DM with those mini NPCs and different character voices that I have to remember. Um, but outside of that, the part that I think is probably challenging about an environment, like a wilderness-based trek, is creating interest. Yeah, because uh, you got you you, you want to show your history and your lore, like a lush background. And with the podcast, keeping the listeners invested in a story that has nothing but wilderness treks and not even just wilderness, it's just dark.
3: It's just <laughs> yeah. black wilderness. You can't even see the wilderness unless you have the Keith Kilnar that we
0: have. Yeah, I guess that's true too. I did put a big black shadow all around you. <laughs> Um. So, yeah, that would be my answers to that. It's it's easy in the sense that there's not a lot of NPCs you got to worry about, but it's hard in the sense of creating an
5: interesting story. Major props to you because you you definitely made it interesting. Every episode, something um, interesting would happen. And it as a player, it definitely kept my interest. I think the key is fast travel. <laughs> Yeah, like Skyrim fast travel, like not
0: worrying about the mechanics and the like, how many rations do you actually have and stuff like that. And of course, Goodberry is a ridiculous spell in that sense. I can take care of everybody.
1: Yeah. Um, that in the hut.
3: Oh, yeah. Where, oh, yeah. And then Lemon's yeah. little hut.
0: <laughs> we got no <laughs> issues. <The lemon> hut. <laughs> uh, but we'll go on to bullet point seven or question seven. Does Doroth still have beef with Oystrich?
1: Well, I wouldn't say he ever had beef with Oystrich. It's not like he feels personally offended by Oystrich's like, presence. It's just kind of a... Doroth never liked rats to begin with. <laughs> and now there's a a mysteriously powerful rat in his <laughs> presence at all times. And it's like... Is no one else creeped out by the shit that it just does every now and then with no explanation? And yeah, and it's even more frustrating how when he says something about it or pops off, it's just like, we don't know. And it's like, does that not bother you more? Like, what are you talking about? So, and, yeah. I, th-
0: I think you're going to get to the sub-question of this one, which is, why does Doroth feel that oysterch has some greater importance in the major events of the story?
1: And my counter-question would be, why would you not? Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what do you mean? I mean, he's he's definitely proven some importance
3: by being a vessel. Yep. And somehow can also like maybe help give uh, Astro like, a, a power-up to to do some things, too.
1: But these are things that you don't know to be true. These are things that you... Assume well, we've
3: seen g- him act as a vessel, right? Or was, or was that?
1: Yeah, but that's I think that's <laughs> you, yeah, I, th- I think that's
0: Doroth's point is that's fucking creepy. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> I've seen we've seen a lot of creepy stuff. I can hold no. orbs and no one else it, can. Why? Why aren't you combing at me then? You know, <laughs> like
1: all right. So that is a power that has what Dorth could see as an explanation, or like there, there is a good reason why a human being could be able to handle orbs like there's a lineage there's something I'm sure there's something we could read about that like, what is the deal with this rat like this rat is not in any sort of lore or any like it's not a human being I mean we've gone sudden, into
6: it before huh we've gone into his backstory before
5: I mean I mean the curse by, by a witch that, that yeah. probably doesn't help I was
1: gonna say like <laughs> <laughs> curse is a bad thing so I mean yeah
6: but he's been touched by magic, so now he's got some kind of magical ability. I don't know what exactly, and but... The,
1: and the fact that that explanation is g- good
6: enough
3: for
1: everyone <laughs> well, else... No, it's is, not.
6: It, I'm just saying. Crazy. It's crazy. There's <laughs> something to go on. We
3: live in a world where there's a lot of weird, crazy stuff going on. This just seems like another weird,
0: crazy thing to me. Oh, are you talking about Earth or Aces? Aces. <laughs> Every, <laughs> everything that
3: happens, there is some crazy <laughs> shit that doesn't make sense. And we all are just like, okay, you know? I don't know. Oysters just isn't the one that sticks out like a sore thumb to me personally as a character.
1: Well, you would have to take into account that that Doroth does not like rodents to begin with. So it, it just kind of amps it up to that. Now, again, want to make it clear, Ryan Adams, the player, does not feel this way. <laughs> this is a role-playing thing that I've put into my character because it's not on my character sheet, I don't think. Yeah, nothing about rodents is on my character Eight sheet. rats. Yeah. Number
0: eight, Finch. What are Finch's fellow Crimson Command members up to since boot camp? Talking about Bryn Talith, Rokar, and Grant Quarter. Will you be seeking them out at any point?
3: Well, I feel like this is almost a dual question for the both of us. It is. But, I mean, I would say, obviously, I don't really have a way of keeping up with them while we're adventuring. The times that I do find some sort of civilization, I'm just giving reports to someone who can get it to a Crimson Command like post. Uh, it's never directly to someone. Um, now, when we, I guess, once we've lifted the light and we make our way back to... Gamora. Gamor, and um, we kind of start to fan out and do our things for a second before we regroup. You know, if one or three of them are in town, I'm sure I'll meet back up with them, but... As far as them being a steady part in the story, it just doesn't seem viable Sorry, right, Chase Ram. <laughs> <laughs> I would say there's definitely a good uh, chance of me seeing Chisholm Rism again, probably <laughs> overseeing Brent Talon.
0: <laughs> Number nine. Has encountering so many constructs given Keth more motivation to go to the Gnomish Isles where the pirates lurk?
5: No, I wouldn't say so because he he would probably at this point want to avoid a place like that, <laughs> but he he wants to go because it's where the the pirates are who who took his sister, and that's been one of his his personal goals so he'll he'll put up with the constructs and smash as many of them you know on the way to his ultimate goal. I think
0: that's a good answer <laughs> Astra, why has Astra decided to become a cleric, and does she follow any particular faith?
6: think i just wanted to give myself a challenge um because at some point i feel like i wasn't really developing my character enough um or role-playing very well and so i wanted to give myself a challenge to kind of be more into the game um character and player wise and i thought something else to keep up with might be fun um as far as a faith uh, we've talked about it. Yeah, we... and Dave, um, out of game, just him trying to get me better at role-playing.
1: <laughs> I think Astra is more of like an agnostic. You know?
2: <laughs> I'll say the whole cleric move in my head, how I rationalized it, that makes sense like with the story and everything for me, was your connection with the lesser guardians. Mm-hmm. Because even like back at, in uh, the fucking wherever the marshes, Yeah. Um. With Salamandal, like you had a strong connection through your visions with him. Um. You had a lot of stuff going on with Fasush and Yin. So that is, from looking at it from that perspective, sort of makes sense to me why you would have some cleric powers because of your connection with the the Lesser Guardians.
6: Yeah, and like I I never considered Astra um religious in any way. I mean, if if she you know followed a specific guardian um i i don't know i don't think she would follow any specific but maybe all of them
0: yeah i think whenever we had first introduced you as a cleric we did say on the recording that you were focusing on the an entire amalgam of guardians yeah but i do think that maybe it as astra's learning maybe you will find a specific guardian to focus in on or maybe even lesser guardians to focus in on yeah But I I think that I, as a DM, probably need to set that up more for you. Yeah,
6: I mean, I need to read more into the lore um, and refresh myself to really be able to make that kind of decision. But I also think it would be more situational um, and more of a character development. Um, I mean, I'm still learning to be a cleric, but also I think becoming a cleric, besides what Tom said, Astra also just really loves helping people. And that was one of the main reasons I wanted to become a cleric was just to be able to heal my friends. Yeah. Wanted to say Astra makes things better. <laughs> That's unfortunate.
0: <laughs> hey, companions, getting close to being back at the grind of four Orbs episode releases. For this mid-roll, I really want to focus in on you listeners first. We have received a lot of Apple Podcast reviews and new Patreon supporters over the course of Act 2, and your support is truly amazing. I can't wait to continue this story for you since you guys seem to love it so much. First things first, I'm going to name every Patreon supporter we have had since the start of our Patreon feed, and I'm going to mention them as I scroll through them on the website as they're listed. Colby Parker, Dave Lar, Jed Adura, Kevin, Tykara Stokes. Andrew Odell, Samuel Moore, Evan Wiley, Jacob Williams, Joshua Story, MKB, Timothy Smart, Chase Rim, Keith, Lucas Duff of the Ballad of Seven Dice podcast, Bajorn Yeager, Adam Wright, Jeremy Kleinhens, Jonathan, Dave Schmidthenner, Brad from the Fate of Eisen podcast, and Caitlin Lindberg from the Adventures of Aurelia podcast. You Patreon supporters will soon see some new content on the feed. I will be releasing our level up episode that our players did for the $3 level. And at the $5 level, I'll be releasing our scene creation episode that we did for our Adventure's first episode back in Act 3. But we will also be releasing a little game that we played at the $5 level for you to get to know the players a little bit better. These episodes are priority to me before releasing anything new on the feed again. I'm hoping to knock them out fast, like within the next week or two. But life and editing sucks, so don't hold me to that. In the story, we'll be heading to a populated area soon, so you Patreon supporters and Apple podcast reviewers will have your name in the hat for NPC names. So if you haven't done it yet, get on that so that you have a chance for me to use your name. We also have a Discord now, and you should come join the community. Send any 4Orbs account on social media a direct message and ask for the link if you'd want to join. That includes Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit. We would love to have you in there discussing 4Orbs with us. As far as Act 3 is concerned, as mentioned, I have some Patreon content I'm setting as priority, so when that is done, I will start editing what we have already recorded for the Act 3 prequel with two guests, one who is a returning guest. Recording it was a whole lot of fun, and I think it might be better than the old Three Doors Down episode in terms of a jumping off point with some comedic value. I haven't edited it yet, so I don't know how that will be, but I am very excited for you guys to hear it. We will be sticking to a bi-weekly release again for a while as I get back in the rhythm from this break. So as much as I know you love those random weekly releases, they are hard to do with a day job and having a life. But at the time of recording this, we have four days until the end of the month, and we need 250 more downloads to hit 10,000 downloads in a single year. That is absolutely fantastic to me. 10,000 downloads in a single year. I never thought we would hit those kind of numbers. We are much higher than I ever anticipated our count to get to, but I want to see more. Tell your friends about us and get them to listen so you guys can theorize the story as we move along. But that's all I got for now. It has been an incredible journey so far with you listeners, and I can't wait to grow further with you. All right, we're back. Question 11. Will Felomir have an identity crisis now that his race has changed? (laughs) (laughs) will he be motivated to find a magical way to change
1: himself back to an elf? Nah. Well, you don't know. (laughs) I don't intend... Well, okay. A better question for me is if he were to find a magical way to do so, would he?
2: Probably, yeah. But I would say that he's not really having an identity crisis. Like, his concerns are more practical than existential, I guess. Because, like, I mean, he gave up his immortality. And, like, as far as he's concerned, he wasn't really a true elf anymore, you know? Like, once all that happened. Like, he's more upset that he can't just, like, stay up and read, and he trips over his tail, and people, <laughs> and people like, look at him weird because he has horns, like, as opposed to, like, oh, I'm not Felomir anymore. <laughs> like, that kind of thing. So, nah, that's not really something that Felomir is too concerned with. Okay. Um, his biggest concern might be... Uh, if it affected his mortality in any way. Um, but apart from that, just for practical reasons,
0: he's upset about it. Okay. Uh, there's a little bit more of a personal touch to this with a sub-question. Now that Felomir is a tiefling, does he feel that his, he has lost the last bit of his connection to home, his friends, and his family? Or has he already left that behind him for his quest? Which I think you kind of just answered.
2: Yeah, he. I think the last piece that really tied him emotionally to Lathansis was his whole journey with Remora and everything. I think from that point on, he was sort of born again, you could yeah, say. Yeah, found closure. Yeah. So, no,
0: it, he, he's not
2: too torn up about it, okay. honestly.
0: Go on to number 12. What was the solution to make the line longer, Riddle, Dave? <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right.
0: We uh,
6: didn't talk about this, like, in game n- We
0: talked about it off yeah. air. Or it was on the recording, but I just removed it because, you know, it didn't flow very well. Uh, I will say that I did have the chance to listen to the episode with Kevbo, who is the guitarist of South Carlin. Um, and he was able to answer the Riddle in two answers. The first answer he had was make another line longer. And I was like, that doesn't make the line longer. It makes it
1: shorter. And you touch the chalk.
0: And his second answer. No, no, no. He's saying like draw a separate line. With the chalk? Yeah, with the chalk. I was on
1: the impression that you weren't allowed to touch the chalk. You
0: can touch the chalk, but
2: you can't. You can't touch the line in oh, any way. Okay. Like you can't draw more onto the line.
0: Exactly, like draw a separate line. And so he his answer was to draw a longer line next to it,
1: and that would make the original one longer. That or would make, make it the original shorter. Line shorter. That was his first answer. Oh, okay.
0: and then he thought about it in his head. He's like, Oh wait, I meant shorter. Yeah, draw a shorter line next to it, and the line yeah. would be longer. Because longer is relative to something that currently exists. Like it. It's mm. so you. Hit the answer was to draw a second line that was shorter than the current line.
5: Man, I, th- I still maintain that we solved that riddle in
0: like we,
1: five different yes. ways. Because exactly, like you, like you were saying, we solved it because the solution to it, what you're saying, is a perspective-based solution. Perspective
0: and, to something that currently exists with it, though. It's but, just a long line, not a longer
1: line. But the line would be longer <laughs> than fake. it was. No, I'm just saying, like, it's the same concept. Like, if I was standing at a certain point in the room and I walked closer to it, it is a longer line in the same way that it would be. It's a long line. It's a longer line than it was. It's (laughs) it's
2: longer relative to him, not to another line, but it's still longer in a relative sense.
1: Yeah. And and you had to do something else to it in the solution. I, as Dave. So it's now a longer line than it was.
0: I, as Dave, agree. But I was playing a construct. So just like Dorth.
1: The, const- <laughs> the construct, he didn't want us to win. No, he was fine with it. He didn't which, want us which, to win.
0: Which leads into the sub question to this one, which I made a sub question. Like, I didn't make it. I just kind of grouped it together. Could the group have made it through without killing the constructs? Oh, absolutely. Could Could the hive mind <laughs> have survived? And to answer both of them, you couldn't have made it through the dungeon without killing a construct, some constructs. I mean, there was one that bursted out of a wall. It was like, nah, man, you ain't getting past me.
1: Oh, so you're saying there wasn't like a, a pacifist run? Not, not
0: died? in that, not in that sense of the shield guardians, but of the hive mind. If you would have answered correctly, he would have given up his life. Yeah, because... none of the Lucas bots had to die at all, probably. Probably. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Or the arcane cabinet. Oh,
1: speaking of the arcane cabinet, we have not speak- <laughs> spoken about this. The way, like we, like all right. So the car- the arcane cabinet has its own like theme music, right? I <laughs> Which love is that. hilarious. Dude, that yeah. was great. Post. But the funniest part about it was how we would be talking, and the music would what <laughs> like before he started talking. So in your mind, you would just be like, "Oh God!" <laughs> <Here> it, <goes.
4: laughs>
1: it was so funny.
0: Number 13, if each of the party had WWE walkout music, what song would they choose? Now, I gave you some time with this <laughs> one to come up with something. Yeah, I didn't uh, think <laughs> on that at all.
4: I came
3: up with two answers on this one. I was looking over it today at lunch. And my, my initial gut reaction is a Bob, Bob, Kid Rock. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. But, but give me, a, once I had another second to think about it, I think a more. You know, one that feels more to my character would be the Law and Order theme music. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and then anytime I, I enter a room, it also
5: does the bum bum.
4: <laughs> that's
5: like the thing that hits that really pops the crowd at the yes, start of the song. Exactly. Bum, bum. And yeah,
4: every, the, the lights go out, everything
3: flashes. I come out. Yeah, that's me. Oh
2: God!
1: There will be peace on the line. <laughs> I'm going with a uh like a a punk rock rendition of Piano Man by Billy Joel. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would really encapsulate Doris.
5: I think for Keth, it'd have to be something really really heavy and rage inducing like uh, Raining Blood by Slayer. <laughs> That's a good one.
1: It's a good one. Some Death Clock. <laughs> yes.
2: I don't fucking know. Yeah, I I
6: meant to ponder this once Dave read me some of the questions beforehand and totally forgot. So if anybody has any suggestions for Astra, (laughs) I would love to hear them.
2: Uh, for Felomir, let's go with the Reading Rainbow theme. Okay. <laughs> 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 or or uh, f- uh, light, Fever for the Flavor jazz. by Hot Action. Co- yes, yes. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, someone needs that
1: one. No, that's all of us. We were like in one faction <laughs> yeah. And yeah. we came out together. That's when we're a tag team, yeah. Yeah.
0: I'll say that generically, for all of my NPC characters, it'd probably be the.
6: What and what is that? That's
5: the Yucky 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 Sack or the Benny Hill show theme. (laughs) Wow!
1: (laughs) Wow! (laughs) Wow! It's the it's 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 always funny. You can speed
5: (laughs) (laughs) anything up and put that music over it, and it will be hilarious. I think it really fits Baloo and
0: (laughs) Chism probably even Paul the sewer supergum. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't have any suggestions for you, Astra. Yeah.
6: Sorry, I did not think about this. Think, what's the
3: first one that comes to your head? What, what, what's your gut? What's the last you? song
0: you listen to?
1: Uh, something by Crumb. Have it be the song that you walk down the aisle to. Oh, God. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, moving on to number 14. Do all your characters feel like you're close friends now? If the journey for the four orbs and Balancing Aces was over and you had no more heroic pursuits, would you still keep in touch?
1: Oh, yeah. I know from my character's perspective, because his whole thing was that for the beginning of the campaign and kind of going into most of it, he's still getting used to being around people and like how to act and how to temper yourself to, you know, have people like you. Do you feel that they're your fans? To be honest, no.
4: <laughs>
1: because like it, it's it's fun for him to mess with people like that. Like, oh, you want to hear this song? Obviously, because I'm so great. But he knows deep down, like these people are not that entertained by, <laughs> by your songs. But just I don't know. That's part of it. Like these are people that are willing to at least put up with you or him. And it's I don't know. He he likes that. And it's kind of the first time he's ever had that in his life. So he's not going to give that up.
0: I think we know Felomir's answer.
2: Yeah, probably, but I'll say it anyway. Uh, definitely, yes. Um, and that's something that I'm going to try to touch on as we go forward now, especially because, you know, Felomir's ultimate mission, the Arcane Well, has been accomplished in one way or the other. Um, and all of these people that he's been traveling with. You know, they had their own reasons to be here, but as far as he's concerned, like, they were helping him, you know? And they didn't really have that good of a reason to do it, you know? They did it because... I mean, you know, for their own reasons, but... Felomir feels like it was his quest that he was assisted with, and now he feels like he needs to sort of repay that debt. Um, Once again, going back to the whole mortality thing, like, he wants to, to repay that debt before he doesn't have a chance. Um... And especially since, you know, he's 700-something-whatever years old. He's only known these people for a
0: year. Nine months.
2: Yeah, less than a year. And they've done more from a friendship standpoint than anyone that he knew beforehand, with the exception of maybe Aaron, but he's dead, so. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, definitely from Felimir's perspective, yes, these are, he would consider them close friends at this point.
5: Yeah, I think from Keth's perspective, it'd be the same as well. I mean, we've been through so much. How how could we not?
6: Yeah, I mean, Astra used to live on the streets, didn't really have any family besides her father that's gone. <laughs> 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 but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that Astra ever really had any close friends. Uh, just kind of moving around on the city streets. And, uh, yeah, I would definitely keep in touch and stay close to them if it was an option.
3: In real life, I can be bad with keeping up with people if I don't see them regularly. <laughs> like we all meet up on Mondays. That's how I see and keep up with you guys. If yeah. We didn't, no. If we didn't have Mondays, there's no telling what would happen. <laughs> yeah, I used to
1: see
0: you a lot,
3: and now I feel like I'm not going to see you ever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, we're adults, man. But uh,
3: you know, there's definitely a connection with everybody that Finch has made, and uh, maybe I feel like uh, Felimur and I have always had a relationship that has been getting closer and closer, just because. Like he's saying, like he kind of feels that we've all been helping him on his quest. Well, I kind of have felt the same about him on mine. And then obviously, just with the little side stories with everybody, I've gotten a lot closer with each character, too, to where I would want to keep up with them in some shape or form. If it really came down to it, if I was an old man with one eye who could write one letter a day, you know, I'd probably be writing Felomir. You know, to see what he was up to in hopes that he's still alive.
1: And you know that if there's answers or something, you got to get out of something. You know, you and Doroth can, like, form up that team and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I, if I I torture get, the fuck out of somebody. If <laughs> Elamir doesn't reply, all right, Dorothy, and we'll go
3: figure out what's up. <laughs> um,
0: I'm going to add a little sub-question that wasn't part of it based off of this. Uh, where do you see your characters if you survive this adventure?
3: Well, that gives me some real nostalgia for our last campaign because you gave us all that glimpse into the future yeah, for each yeah. of our characters. And so I was almost getting confused there for a second, but now that I realize what's up, um, I, I don't know that Finch sees beyond the orbs, really. I, I think that all I really know and believe is that it is my mission to do something with those. And whether that is the end of my story or not, I'm not sure. Uh, that but that is the only real end goal that I think that I have is okay. to secure and protect those orbs.
2: Okay. Yeah, I'll say that Felomir isn't looking that far ahead into the future for obvious reasons. Um, but if it were to happen, he'd probably just post up in like a library until he died reading a book or something.
1: Doroth so I did not foresee this answer becoming true, but sitting here thinking about it right now, I think it it seems natural. Doroth would go back to Yin. And just run the theater. That makes sense. Until, because mm-hmm. well, it's, he's been a traveling act this whole time. And then he's like, no, I want to build a thing that is, that we can focus everything on this. And then, of course, things happened. And, but he, I think he would want to go back and rebuild it and make it into, make it kind of worthy of having a big ass statue yeah. of him outside <laughs> of it. <laughs> so,
4: yeah.
5: Uh, from Keth's perspective, I think more along those lines as well. I mean, he's got a, a mansion in Yin and we all know Keith has a, a taste for the finer things, so he would <laughs> he would absolutely <laughs> want to go back to that. And he would probably continue to fight as long as he could. Uh, probably probably even past his prime just to to keep doing it.
6: I would also probably go back to Yen just to like continue teaching and kinda of telling our helping story as well as helping orphans and
5: Oh, yeah. People
6: in need. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And probably, you know, ending the slavery. That was a problem. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or
1: Rodana. Oh, shit.
0: We'll we'll actually see some closure to that. And I think Doroth just realized it.
1: No. uh, Well, uh, probably, maybe. (laughs) But what I was going to ask is, is Astra going to be the Daenerys of (laughs) of four orbs? Like, she in slavery and just like, I'm not. I'm still hungry.
6: (laughs) Um, I will say if I if I you know solve all of Yen's problem, I might you know move on to other places that need help. But, um, Don't burn no, burn and eat
1: some other thatch roof. There you are no it.
6: dragons in this world, and therefore no.
3: Oh, They're constructs, a- so you get a construct dragon, and you got uh, a rat, you make it
1: dude. Oh, I mean, who mouse. knows what's gonna happen with that rat? It's a mouse. Uh, oh, oh shit! I'm sorry. It's a copy bearer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Moving on to question number 15. Does Astra know how or why she is cursed? Does she plan to pursue figuring that out?
6: I have no fucking clue. I haven't really thought about it a whole lot. Um, <laughs> just because I, I feel like maybe that would come out in game somehow. Because Dave's the one that wrote it.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
6: so yeah, I personally have no clue. But I'm looking forward to finding out and... Gonna have to make myself a note to remember to pursue that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, do you plan to pursue it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah pers- I would like
6: to know for sure.
2: Me personally, I do a lot of theory crafting about four orbs, <laughs> and that's one thing that I really just don't have any fucking idea, like how it ties. <laughs> I know it's important. I feel like it relates to the visions in some way, and obviously to oystercatch, but I haven't put any of those pieces together whatsoever.
0: Yeah, I. I uh, there's still two big reveals coming. Involving some you, characters that haven't really had reveals. Yeah, so, so you, me and Doris.
1: Yeah, you put big in quotations <laughs> and a question mark afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> big?
4: <laughs>
0: yeah. italicized. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I think we'll, we'll see that coming. Maybe in Act 3. 16. After finding out your heritage, knowing Rodana's love for war and conquest... Do you feel any different with your position in the Crimson Command,
1: Finch? I've been waiting on this one. How you feel about it?
0: <laughs> um, I, okay, so I feel like
3: maybe to a degree. because like I, I kind of tried to explain some of our stuff in Yin as like me just living out in the woods and being a little more wilder than I guess I originally anticipated with how we kind of treated our captives and uh, how I approached some situations. And now maybe I can also you know maybe it's just a crutch I'm leaning on, but maybe I can also be like well maybe it's also a little bit because I'm Rodanian now, who knows? Um, but again, leaning back towards what I think the crux of Finch's uh, whole thing is, it all comes down to these orbs. And I, I've in in the Crimson Command like that was always the goal. Um, the fact that I've now learned that I'm Ro- that I may have Rodanian heritage does not change who I believe I am as a Crimson Command member or the life experience that I have already and uh what i believe in um it just maybe gives me a little something to kind of look back on and be like maybe that's why i'm kind of some of the ways i am that i couldn't figure out beforehand some tendencies
0: in your personality
1: yeah <laughs> oh so you mentioned <laughs> that like it made you look back on your past actions and and maybe like this new information may paint it a little bit for you i was talking to steven uh uh some weeks ago about how if you listen to the episodes leading up to the The reveal of him being the giant, you can see Keth kind of starting to unravel like violently. (laughs) Like he'll just destroy shit. And it's like, whoa, what's going on with you? And like it's just crazy because he as a player didn't even know this was about to happen to him. And it like reads so like perfectly into that.
2: I do also find it interesting that Finch's most recent level up. He decided to take a level in rogue.
0: Yeah,
1: I, w- I wasn't <laughs> gonna reveal ah. that
0: here, but he did. I, I did suggest that ah. maybe he could multiclass when we were leveling up, Uh and I suggested maybe a good or dark side, and it was paladin or rogue. Yeah, and he went rogue. And
3: you know, <laughs> and you know I guess that I don't know if that's Patreon only or if it's ever gonna come out, but that again is playing back into my story of all of these reveals. Me kind of also feeling like I've been lied to a lot my entire life now too, and. I really look forward to trying to play on that negative aspect of his past life now.
4: Oh, shit. Um, And not
3: turning myself into a negative character, but kind of giving that almost anti-hero vibe.
0: Yeah. Which is something that I learned by watching the 2000s on Netflix that CNN made it was a big thing about TV and media, was like promoting the anti hero versus a heroic story. Like people love anti hero shit. Oh, Vegeta, like, dude. Like Breaking Bad. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah, The Sopranos. The Sopranos. Dude was an asshole. <laughs> Everybody in The Wire was an asshole, every single character was bad.
0: Uh, Sub-question to that, though, Finch. Are you going to tell the Crimson Command what you learned, or will you keep your past and identity a secret? I'm assuming that they mean your uh, guardian heritage as well. Okay.
3: Um, Well, I know that we we'd also talked, like, this uh, time scene is going to happen in Gamora after this finale. We kind of decided that, like, I'm also so standoffish because of this new truth that I'm really not even going to confront my father until the day I leave. So I probably won't even get as much information out of it that I really would enjoy, but it, it, it feels like the right story for me, too. You know, I, I, I think, again, you know, Crimson Command is what Finch is about. That, that's who he wants to be. That's who he envisions himself as, is this big Crimson Command member who's fighting for good. So I, I would assume I'm going to be as truthful as possible. I'm going I'm to tell them everything. Okay. I think so, yeah.
1: I see Finch kind of... We've all seen Avengers and the all oh, the infinity war all that right so i wouldn't be spoiling anything, i think have I? we've all seen anyone who cares to see it has yeah seen it? yeah i have not okay. i don't intend to it's maybe spoilers but uh, anyway so i guess
0: what i'll do here in case there's a listener God that has damn. it
1: well okay i won't, I won't <laughs> spoil it but i'll say uh finch kind of reminds me of captain america in that like yes he is you know he will fight for a cause. Like yes, he is trying to do the right thing. But should the people he's fighting for, like, go astray or decide like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna do this now? And it's like, like, say you were to go to the Crimson Command and be like, okay, hey, this, and they were like, all right, we're taking you off the case. Give me those orbs. You'd be like, uh, no. Yeah. And yeah, he has his own. He has his own set values, and this is what I'm gonna do. I sure hope you're in line with it. <laughs> yeah.
0: I can get on board. With I think that. you're I think you're referencing the Civil War version of Captain it, America. Yeah,
1: there were other things I was gonna say, but I was like, oh, uh, it doesn't no.
0: Yeah. I I think we I think those just... that list, that watch the Marvel Cinematic Universe will get your reference. Okay. Seventeen. How is Keth coping with his
5: newfound power? Will he take it to a dark place?
1: Oh, that's that's spoilers too. Yeah, <laughs> I guess <what>? we'll
5: see. <laughs> <laughs> um well, shit, we haven't uh we haven't really Played any? So I haven't. He he's going through some shit. Let, let's leave it at that.
0: Yeah, I, I mean we've got some scenes planned, obviously yeah. from our our scene building session. Um, and he, I I think that he he's not doing well. <laughs> Put it that way. <laughs>
3: I don't think you should be doing well either.
0: Question asker, basically you'll find out soon. <laughs> Eighteen. Do you know why Dorothy only weighs a pound? Does Doroth know why he only weighs a pound? I love
1: that those are two separate questions. If if
0: not, (laughs) does either one care?
1: (laughs) Okay. Honestly, real talk. I remember that there is a potion that I drank or that Doroth drank that did this to him. I don't remember when it was or what it was. It was
0: actually in Act 1. Okay. It was in the Dark Party Icker storyline. You jumped on a mattress. You felt a lump. You pulled out the potion from underneath the mattress, and you decided to drink it in the hallway for no reason. Okay. You felt lighter. You jumped, but it didn't do anything.
1: Okay. And that that <laughs> kind of leads into the second part. Does Doroth know that he only weighs a pound? No. <laughs> and it's my favorite, like, running bit to, like, keep going, that, like, he gets all this, like, like more and more, like, evidence that should tell him something is different <laughs> about you, and he just ignores it.
3: I, I love it. As a playable character, I love it as well. The fact that he's so, like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Then it just makes me feel like, okay, well, I guess may- maybe I'm just wrong and you really are this light. Maybe I'm stronger. And, you know, yeah,
1: like-, like, he'll, he'll, like, he rationalize it in his head like that. Like, you're just super strong. Like,
3: whatever. He's he's convincing everyone that it is not a big deal and we're all just on board with it.
0: Everyone else is just like, yeah, I guess I've learned, I gained some strength through this entire quest and so like 40 pounds is nothing.
1: Yeah, he's just gaslighting everyone. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I remember
0: there was
2: one point where I picked you up like with one hand and you were like, you're just really strong. And I'm like, look at me.
1: (laughs) I can barely walk. (laughs) But I want to keep that up for as long as possible.
0: Number 19. What is the solution to the portal room that took limbs? Oh, God damn it. What Mm. was the prize? I'm heated about this I'm
3: heated about this whole Kath damn dungeon almost yeah. did it. I hated listening to it and listening to <laughs> myself dude. I was like fuck me I'm everybody, such an idiot
1: everybody turned to Kath and was like that's stupid <laughs> that don't do that That would never work. So what Ryan
0: Adams is referring to is Keth said the answer, but no one was on board. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Keth said a lot of fucking right answers in this arc. He straight up said it. Like, what if we did answer? And we were like, no, that's dumb.
0: So for you listeners, the answer is that someone has to be pushed into the portal, thrown into the portal involuntarily. And it was up to me as a DM if I realized that they were playing their character like they really, truly did not want to be put back in the portal or for the first time if Astro would have been thrown in. Uh, And if they would have gotten it right, it's not an object on the other side. I don't think I told you all this, have I? Oh, I did? The reward? Yeah, the reward is not an object, but it's a power and it's called lady luck. And basically you get five lucky dice. Oh, my God. Added to your character sheet to use daily. Bro,
1: I would have had eight. Daily?
0: Yeah.
3: We would have been unstoppable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: someone would have. It was totally worth the reward if somebody would have gotten it with some people losing something and to try and figure it out.
1: What's crazy is that we were so close to me getting it. <laughs> And I, that would have bring brought my lucky dice, like, total up to eight to where, like, I, I don't need inspiration points.
0: Uh. So, yeah, that was the solution to the portal room was to be pushed in, thrown in, involuntarily. And that was the reward was five lucky dice. Uh, Number 20. Oh, we're on the last one. Well, I got one more after this that I, I realized I needed to ask. 20. Did you anticipate for them to clear Mithron of Darkness? Were you ready if Velmere won? So, as we learned from the cutscene, the head and the hand, we found out that Velmere is pretty much playing an avatar, that he can't actually get into Aces with his own body, which is why uh, whenever Finch was pounding him with arrows in the chest at, in Gamor, like episode 20-something, uh, he just didn't seem to care. Well, it wasn't his body. He's playing a shadow avatar. So, yeah, I, I pretty much was ready for y'all to kill Velmir. What I didn't know is if Velmir was going to kill one of y'all. Mm. Totally straight up could have happened. That was, I was ready for it, ready for one person to die in combat if it came to it. Uh, Velmir is pretty fucking strong, especially his friend with the poison sword that did like 20 yeah. fucking seven and damage wrecked, or some yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as far as clearing Mithron, uh, that would have completely been on whoever went into the arcane well, which was a completely random mechanic based on who touched it. Um, if they failed at killing Hannette, one, they wouldn't have cleared Mithron of darkness Two, the arcane well would not have had the chance to be revived and three, they wouldn't have had the chance to come back.
1: And how perfect was it? that the person who fought Hanet was the one that had Blink as well as all these <laughs> potions to, yeah,
0: thank to, to, God. to survive playin that battle. Playing fucking Diablo in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't have a choice. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I w- didn't anticipate it, I guess you could say. It was an option. It was an ending that was a- possible. Uh, 21 though, which is not listed on my, on my Q&A sheet. We were supposed to talk about this with our Patreon episode for leveling up where do y'all want to go? (laughs) Uh, I can't really get any writing done until I know what y'all's characters are thinking. And I figure we might talk about it as players uh, in the first episode with the scenes and everything. But generically, I want to be a little prepared for that conversation player wise. Uh, What's, player thinking? What's character thinking?
3: I don't know. I know we've talked about this at least a couple of times now. I, I, I felt like we were kept all falling back on the library being the most beneficial for the group. Um, I know that it seemed that I could find some things there and Philomere could find some things well, there that we needed. I guess I'll
0: present the options. The uh, the variables that your group may be interested in. There is the Universal Library. Um, Universal Library being a treacherous month uh, mountain climb from what y'all have found out uh, through the Somarian mountains on the other continent. And I think it's because there's a, what did I tell
1: y'all? There's a book. In it's it. because oh, we have Vorin. a Vorn yeah. book. Yeah,
0: because yeah. there's a duplicate of the book of Vorin, probably written, because that the Universal Library creates a book copy anytime a book is published and completed. So whenever you sign as you as a character, a person in the world of Aces finishes a book, that book is duplicated magically in the library to keep a record of all books.
1: I just don't know what the plan is once we get there and say, hey, you guys have a book that might house a an unspeakable evil and they will <laughs> probably be like. That's the the policy. Like we uh, we don't. That, that's what we do. Yeah, we don't just destroy books bro like I don't give a shit what's in it.
4: They're and like, we're do gonna, you
1: have your library card? Like the first half is just gonna be like this treacherous mountain trek, and then the other half is gonna be like bureaucracy, <laughs> I was like trying to figure out how to get rid of this book. Yeah, we like, gotta go back um, to
2: Somar and get the proper documents. Yeah, you still owe twenty
1: five cents on your library account. Oh God. <laughs> But no one, like, we've made it up this mountain, and no one has a quarter. It's like, <laughs> fuck.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, there's that option. Uh, there's Lathansis for Fellow Amir's uh, white orb creation that he believes he now knows the last remaining reagent, re- reagent, regent um, for the white orb being the liquid from a leaf on a tree, a big tree. The third option is Loran, where there is an imbalance of life. Uh, with the AI constructs basically being created, like PVAC and the Beaver Building Buddies and our partners, Beaver Building Partners. I don't remember what I said. So there's that. And then, of course, that also triggers an interest for Keth because of his sister being abducted by pirates at a younger age. And then there's also possibly Chandolin. Now that you've learned about the Academy of Planar Learning, now you're wondering what else the Wizard's Rainbow might be involved in. Uh, especially since they were barricading the entrance to the Arcane Well. Um, oh, and Ladrelden. Ladrelden's a big one. Um, the lost civilization that mysteriously vanished, but it seemed like they were ready to vanish, and anytime time that somebody goes in there, they also vanish. Mm. So there's that. So yeah, you got
1: quite a bit of options. The two that sound the most attractive to me are... Radam's or Doroth. Radams, okay. I would say is either the fifth orb or Keth's sister because learning what I know now about keth, it's kind of like i what's his deal
4: like, what,
1: <laughs> what's happening over there, and also like a fifth orb, come on, like that's huge, it's pretty big like the i I think whether we do anything with the book or not the Velmir and Co. are coming for us. So that that will happen regardless, I think. So as far as what should we point our nose at right now, it's either those two to me.
5: Okay. What was it that told us of the imbalance of life? Remora told Velomir? Yeah, as far as uh, Leron
2: and
0: Ladrelden go, those were both revealed to me by Remora examples of imbalance going on in the world. Yeah. Which to me also as a DM would trigger Finch because the Crimson Command's whole thing is yeah. to remove imbalances. And
3: Remore is the one who made the orbs, which I'm all about right now too. So if Remor spoke to Philomere about some imbalances, I would be, you know, partial to go there too. Yeah, that's sure. sort of my train of thought is that
2: all of these things are equally important. I would say the book containing Vorin appears to be the most immediate threat, but at the same time, like, Velmir and all of them were trying to get the orbs for some reason. Like, I assumed it involves this book, so either getting the books or obtaining the rest of the orbs would alleviate that problem in some way. So, I don't know, it's tough. And especially, like, from a character standpoint, Velmir feels like he he wants to put off the white orb because he feels like that would be selfish in the situation because we just finished accomplishing his life's goal. Okay. So he's at, at this point now he wants to assist his companions and whatever their most immediate goals are. So he's going to kind of like leave it up to everyone else and be like, let me know what you want to do. They're all equally important. You know, remora told me about all these things, so they all need to be taken care of. Whatever you guys think is the most important order to do that in, I stand behind. I feel like
3: that white orb is going to be like our run for the hills, like last mission. like. Ooh. everything's going to fall to shit. It's going to be like, make a white or make a white or. Yeah. <laughs> or it might yeah. be
6: the key to everything. It might be the first thing that we should do, but we're yeah. totally not going to because we don't know what <laughs> it's going It's better storytelling. Do.
2: I feel like what would be probably the most interesting to play would be Leron. I feel like there's a lot of stuff that's been consistent throughout the podcast that relates back to that,
0: that would be fun to get more information on. I also think Ryan Tomlinson does not want to go to the Universal Library.
2: (laughs) uh, I didn't say that.
0: But me and that library have a long history.
2: Uh.
3: I'll, I'll tell you, Matt Hendricks' uh, history may not be as long as Ryan Thomas' is in the library, <laughs> but I'm a fan. <laughs>
2: yeah, I was a fan the first and the second time too, but it's, it's changed. It always
5: changes, but you and know it's always it's, fucking shitty. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Kath? Um, yeah, probably Loran from a player and character perspective, because uh, it would be, I think, the most interesting of the the possibilities and then of course from the character's perspective a keth wants to find his sister and that's the the biggest lead that he has is the the pirates of Laurent. and b there's a bunch of constructs there and if there's an imbalance i wish i'd forgotten about this earlier with my question but if there's an imbalance and it involves (laughs) destroying the constructs (laughs) keth with it
0: (laughs) yes so i think we've got three for sure on Leron of variables that they're interested in. What was yours? Finch? I was
3: probably gonna be between um, the imbalance in Leron or the library. So if everyone's leaning towards Leron, I can be on board
0: with it. And then Astro, what is what's Astro wanting out of
6: this? What's the imbalance in you said Ladraldin?
0: Uh Ledralden is the lost civilization, the one that just vanished out of thin air one day. Um, I actually hinted at it a little bit with cutscene Panic at the disco or panic at the pawn shop. Mm-hmm. Um And it was the three treasure hunters that found something and opened, like activated it with this weird wizard guy. Uh, If you want to go back and listen, that's all about hinting at Lidrelden.
1: That's the one where they were like fighting and like just taking shit off the wall. They were just taking (laughs) magic
0: items off the wall and fighting this Earth Golem or whatever. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah, that. And then my journey with Remora
0: has been the only mentions of Lidrelden, right? Correct. Uh, so, yeah, Ladralden is just the lost civilization that has vanished. And anytime somebody settles there, they also vanish.
6: Hmm. Um, I mean, my concern with there being an imbalance, does that lead us to think there's maybe an orb?
0: No, uh, there's imbalances throughout the world on a regular basis. And that's what the Crimson Command found. And they've had hundreds of successful missions, including the one where... Finch was on boot camp. Like his final mission in boot camp was to go and just free these spirits that were hidden under the mountains of Calandria. Um, So I mean, like balance imbalances don't necessarily mean there's an orb present. It just means that there's evil, and that and this is a way that I have explained. Like every balance can be, or every element can be imbalanced, including what you think is like the greatest of all elements, life constructs having. An abundance of life, like actual life, PVAC life. Um, that's a problem.
1: Ooh, and that's another thing we can get into by going to Lauren is like, what is PVAC? <laughs> like, he's not a normal construct. Correct.
0: I would still very much like to be able to use him more. And Lauren would help in that aspect. Yeah. He would become you could learn more about PVAC and maybe training him or having somebody configure him. Yeah.
3: It, but as something like, of course, that's something I want in-game and out-of-game, but I don't think that that would ever be a decision swayer for fans. Sure,
2: sure. It's just like a side quest. Yeah. yeah. But also, I will say, too, that, I mean, an imbalance doesn't necessarily mean it. there's involvement from the orbs, but if an orb is present or related in any way, I imagine there would be some sort of imbalance. I would agree. Because, I mean, just look at the fucking marshes or whatever. Yeah, the marshes live. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was an imbalance. Originally, no one knew anything about the orbs, but that was the cause of it. Same thing in Gamora. You could consider that an imbalance. Um, So any of those could be a possible lead to
0: another orb. Basically, an imbalance is an obstruction of peace. So if there's an obstruction of peace, it's probably because there's an orb there right now because the orbs are playing defense background, like defense game. Hmm. I get it. Yeah, I, I
1: don't. <laughs> <laughs> Elaborate. So
0: the crowd is holding up a D and a picket fence.
1: Oh, gotcha. All right. <laughs> They're on defense.
0: Um, so I mean, Astra, do you have anything you want to add to that on Astra's perspectives of where to go?
1: I mean, I think
6: obtaining the orbs, uh, the rest of the orbs is our goal. Um, but also, you know, seeking to help out any of these imbalances. Um,
0: I will say you actually do have one more destination that I just remembered that hasn't really been talked about. But um there are two variables in Athern now, not just one variable. Uh one variable being D or Astra's dad being a slave mm. in Athern. But now the other variable being that Keth's from Athern and he's been given this knowledge that he has something going on with him, Athern might be a good place to find that
5: out. Could be. I don't know if Keth wants to go there, yeah.
0: Yeah, is yeah. The,
1: would there be anyone in Athern that survived it? and knows maybe Uh -uh. Uh, okay
3: you just hear people going that's the slayer
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's the slayer
6: (laughs) yeah i will say on that account like astra obviously wants to find her dad and free him but at the same time um she's worried that if you know we don't get the orbs before anybody else does or Basically, if we don't save the world, there's not going to be a dad to save.
0: And, and also, I think what I think a lot of listeners think that that would be a priority to Astra, but I think a lot of people forget that he is a soldier. Like he was trained to handle being a POW. And like it might suck to know that your father is in that situation, but you also know that he was this was what his life was choice was was to be a soldier like
6: I haven't accepted that for sure Astra hasn't accepted that but you know she thinks there's a bigger picture here that if we don't solve you know there won't be a point to any of it it'll
0: be part of Astra's uh, conquest to free the slaves as Daenerys did Uh Oh, Oh, (laughs) but in
1: the right way
0: break that wheel
1: no (laughs) yeah that's that's the explanation for the, the finale of Game of Thrones spoilers I guess uh, it happened because uh, Daenerys rolled wild magic
4: and <laughs> <Yep>. couldn't control. <laughs> yep.
2: Turns out the bells weren't real. They were just an illusion.
6: Yeah. <laughs> I'm, you know what? I'm not going to fucking break the wheel. I am going to mend the
2: wheel. Hashtag <laughs> <laughs> mend the wheel. <laughs>
6: This is this is all like what my entire life as Astra. This is what it's all been leading up to, you guys. Yes. So, any <laughs> I other... finally get to mend something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, any other things we want to move forward with? Yeah, uh, that's the Astra last mending question. the wheel. That's, I think I think I can prepare goal. for Leron now. It sounds like
2: yeah. I'll say my player vote, LaRon. My character's vote
0: will be withheld. I think I think everybody's pretty much voting in Laron. So yeah, cool I, it. I can plan from there now.
3: If any, yeah, if an imbalance is a trait of a possible orb sighting, then I'm in, you know.
0: All right. So uh, with the end of this Q&A roundtable for Acts 2, I want to first thank you all who sent in the Q&A questions. First, Lucas Duff, Andy Lawless, Lacey Story, Samuel Santibanez and Chase Rim for sending in your Q&A questions hope we answered the ones you wanted answered the most. I didn't get to put all of them in there cuz y'all sent me quite a lot. At the time of this recording, we are only on 20 we are $27 short. I think we're as of today, I think we're $26 short Woo! of hitting mm. our first Patreon monthly goal. And what that goal is is it offsets the cost of this entire podcast from the Amount of money I kind of need to pay off some debts for the big stuff, but also monthly subscriptions for plugins to make the music and the RSS feed to host through Squarespace, blah, 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 blah. It it has its monthly monthly cost, but. I also spend a little bit on Battle Bards and Sirenscape. So I also want to mention them with their our partnership with them because they sometimes provide us with music that I might use whenever I'm feeling lazy and don't want to come up with something or the sound effects and the ambience and all that stuff that I use to really bring the production in. That's also part of our partnership that has some cost to it. So if you're not a Patreon supporter and you just want to throw a single dollar a month at us, that is amazing. We would enjoy and appreciate any... Bit that you can actually give, so just head on over to patreoncom 4orbs and subscribe. Uh, what else should they do,
1: Adams? Rate us five stars and review. Uh, leave a review because we love reading those. Specifically, I love reading those because I'm narcissistic. I learned that recently that I'm narcissistic. What? Yeah, I took a a, a personality like quiz on BlackSheet.com. Wait, you were... no, <laughs> no, me like Ryan. Adams is a like I'm super paranoid and I'm super narcissistic and those are like my two big flaws in my personality but yeah that's why you should
4: give <laughs> us. <laughs> that's
1: Feed. us reviews to uh, read because they are super heartfelt every time and I love them and yeah thank you for everyone that did because I like reading them because yeah. I have mm-hmm. several times because I make oh so <laughs> about <God. by> myself.
6: <laughs> also, thank you to our um, current patrons on Patreon for their continued support um, and supporting us when they can. And we th- really appreciate that.
3: And thanks to our moms for always supporting us. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. Even though the, this Dude. is what we do,
0: they're into it. Oh, wait. <laughs> of the moms. Do do they? Who all has moms that listen? My, My mom doesn't listen. My mom
3: tried to listen, but me. she she can't figure <laughs> out the subscribe thing very well. So, but she has been to the the last live show at least.
1: My mom has no idea what a podcast is. <laughs> no, same.
6: no, your mom totally listens. She talks to me about yeah. stuff sometimes. Awesome, yeah, yeah. She
3: she she takes <laughs> baths and she'll she'll listen.
6: <laughs> she takes baths, dude. Mine too. <laughs> dude. <laughs> I tried to take a bath the other night. It didn't work out.
0: Well, what else should they do, right, Tom? Uh, yeah. Uh <laughs> Like I don't fucking
2: Instagram or whatever. We're so good.
1: I love our media training at <laughs> four great. orbs.
6: Yeah,
2: at four orbs. Instagram, follow it or like it or Farbs whatever you. Slash whatever you do, whatever slash you do
1: on Instagram. How do you?
2: Also follow me, URL. and if you have any pictures, tag me in them so I can have pictures on my Instagram.
1: <laughs> you still have posted nothing. Yeah,
6: he just he's just that creepy guy that follows you, but yeah, doesn't exactly. post a damn. Thing. I'll follow
2: you back. Maybe
3: eventually. I'll say more than anything. If you're a fan and you listen and you do try and keep up or talk to us, you know, hit up the Discord app because that's mm. one that we all actually have set to our phones. We get notifications, and while you know I may be at work and not replying immediately, I feel like I, I feel like we're all doing a pretty good job of staying in those nope. chat rooms. So I'm like
5: terrible. Uh, I, I see I ter- the
6: notification and I just swipe to like clear it because I absolutely. Ex- <laughs> Like notifications give me so much yeah, anxiety. Yeah, I'm
5: so <laughs> anal about notifications. <laughs> yeah. that The first thing I did was turn off notifications. Well, you,
0: you guys need to set it up to where if you're personally tagged or at everyone or at players is tagged, then you get the notification.
1: I was going to say, like if like one of us at this table goes in there and said something, like they love it. Yeah.
0: Like, they, I've enjoyed it's, it's, participating in the, the small amount that I have. Yeah, with, I have with been spotted on the listen. Discord. So yeah, y'all, y'all need to set yourselves up for that.
1: They it's fun in there it's i remember the first or the only time i dropped a dorth makes things better and it was like (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) i I love
0: seeing the
3: uh the art channel kind of getting some stuff even like the scribbles man if anyone's got some art post it in there it's fun just little
0: scribbles doodles doesn't have to be professional just you know draw the arcane cabinet dying
1: oh god
3: (laughs) dude we should have a, a like a draw this in your style contest and let it be the arcane cabinet
1: Oh, uh, and shout cool. out to uh, all the uh, artists that actually have like put in like commissioned work and shit yeah. for the podcast. So it's yeah, been really fun us. to see. I
0: did get commissions for each of y'all done. I started working on like, a big portrait to use, um, but it, I haven't compiled it together i don't think yet but basically yeah there's some art in the discord if you want to check it out listeners uh so if you don't know the discord or can't find the discord link just send me a message on twitter or
5: instagram or something and i'll i'll send you the link uh but what else should they do steven well they <laughs> should go to reddit.com slash r slash four orbs and check it out I'm trying mm-hmm. to keep it up to date, but I get behind sometimes, so I apologize to whoever actually does go to Reddit. <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's kind of barren in there right now, so why don't you go to to, to reddit.com slash r slash and talk to me. <laughs> And then, Matt, what else should they do? Uh, they probably go to
3: Facebook and just search for Orbs, and you might find us in like the top four things that <laughs> pop up. You'll know it by the icon picture, the little thumbnail. You'll it's go, funny. Those, those are my guys. You click on it. That's us. Uh, like it,
0: it. it. It's funny. I actually was going to like give y'all hints at what to say, but then y'all made fun of me for it, so now I'm just going to keep asking y'all until y'all cover all oh, of it. Oh, there's them. still more things <laughs> to say? No, but basically... Uh, We are completely independent podcast listeners, so the word of mouth spread of our advertisement is what's most important, uh, because we can't afford to pay for advertisements. Um, So yeah, please tell your friends, you know, then y'all can theorize like Ryan Tomlinson likes to do about Four Orbs. Yeah, I'll start a theories thing on Discord or whatever. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Tell your moms, too.
3: Your moms might like it.
0: (laughs) Um, and then the last thing I know i said a couple times now, but we are finally on Spotify. I have been using Spotify recently for podcast listening. It's not the easiest. You kind of have to figure out your way around it, but if that is your preferred podcast listening app, you can quit, you know, whatever one you're using right now and go to that. Uh, but I think that covers everything. Thanks again, companions for following our podcast and story. We hope you're enjoying it as much as you were when you first discovered us. So soon we'll be starting act three, the law of the land. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <Din shookdim> Boom! <Sure>
3: i was gonna say who out there heard that new ass cities burn
1: album wait what
3: new ass cities burn
1: dude the band oh okay i was like wait is it that a game
3: was, it came out a couple of days ago it's actually pretty good if you like ass cities burn i <laughs> <laughs> never got
1: into them i'm sorry i just now realized that you're saying ass cities burn and i was like what is ass city wait hold on ass As city ass city burn oh acidity that reminds me, me and my friend were talking about uh basic bitches uh, and uh, I, I said something that is a low key genius. I was like, I don't know. I've always been into more acidic, bits- acidic bitches. Acidic bitches <laughs> is like, that should be a slang. That should be a thing. <laughs>